Spoken Word, half an hour of poetry and performance, your connection to Melbourne's grassroots poetry scene, the voice of those of us who have nothing but our voices. The main reason that we're here today is to listen to Patrick Alexander's poetry. So please welcome Jennifer Harrison. Thanks, Peter, and thanks, Libby, for having such a wonderful memorial event here for Patrick this afternoon. I knew Patrick from uh, about 1995. We were often poetry friends over the following few years. He attended or organised an event for the Melbourne Fringe Festival for 19 years in a row. And um, for that reason, he was the performance award for the Fringe Festival was named after him at his death in 2005. I feel a bit um, sad that um, when I checked, it was only for 2005 that the award was named after him. And it made me feel quite sorrowful that um, good intentions die so quickly. And it would have been nice for that award to still be commemorating Patrick's contribution. So I'm glad that we're here remembering Patrick today. I'm going to read um, poems from Images and Reflections, Gathering Tributes, which is a collection of his poems published in 1995. And Andy Jackson's going to read poems um, from the later book. Uh, This book is an amazing book. It's all about the writing, the painting, the music of other artists and Patrick's response to those artists in his work. There's a word for that called ekphrastic poetry where you write um, your own poem in response to a work of art and a lot of these poems are ekphrastic poems but there are also poems which are about poets themselves, their lives, his feelings about reading them They're not all ekphrastic poems, but they're all about um, the family of art, I suppose, and the artists who influenced Patrick so much. I'm going to start with a poem called Pasolini. I've picked poems that I think tease out aspects of Patrick's poetry. And in this poem, I think there is a darkness to Patrick's imagination, a sort of psychological darkness which he travelled into, the poem Pasolini. I know dark. It was there. I found such truth as moulded me, the truth of bleeding eyes. And later... Coming into light, security, I saw those evils that made dark the truth of greedy fists. I saw the painted idols on the altars, pretense of hope. I saw the well-lit back their unseen alley, ignorance to the hilt, the truth of decorated lips. I went the other way, accept dark Speak for its wordless beggars, console and find the beauty of its fawning thieves. They know survival's cost. I may be part of it, I may be killed, but the truth I found and uttered with my life I did not betray. It will be heard. 
the last poem in the book. This is a longer poem, which is called From Made Images. And I think in this poem, Patrick is really talking about what he's interested in poetry. And he says in the poem that he's not interested in the trees and the wind and the birds and sort of details. I think he's interested in another landscape, which is much more an interior psychological landscape. This is called From Made Images. At certain random times, peaceful, alive, made images can inspire in me a making of response that is true challenge, clear, free of obsessive self. To give shape that will evoke resonance of the possibilities of meaning within the image, indelible in mind, within the style, the manner and stance of this artist caught in my thinking, more pervasive than idea. It is a happiness, gives quiet satisfaction. I'm not sure why, save it is outside me, outside, beyond the inner irresolubles. I am writing of something I love, answering the demand of a challenge perhaps impossible. Why do I hear, why do I not hear so clearly the demand to write of a tree's living image, the harsh or graceful wind or delicacy of still water? Why do I not follow impulse to detail the city's grit, its four-square imposition? I do not know. Perhaps I need their essence stilled by some other, as if upon some alchemic slide within spirit that he then transmutes in making. This is magic that dances within, teaches and transforms me, awakens me again to the inexhaustible, the expressive, uncapturable human. I also think Patrick imagines women's voices in his poetry in a way that men often don't. Some of his poems about Marilyn Monroe, women writers, others are extraordinarily insightful and respectful. So I've wanted to read this poem apropos Anne Sexton. I had hardly read her work. I had merely formed impressions of a softer, warmer personality than Plath's. Plath had been a friend. Did that suicide spur her on? Did she sentimentally, perhaps, hope to meet again in some dim anteroom of purgatory reserved for suicides? Levitoff noted that she had tried three times and asserted passionately that these attempts, the success, were contrary to the poetry. It's negative, I wonder. Might they not have been its product? Truth and vision wield harsh knives. They have helped keep other poets mad. Anxious stars in a dark night serve only loneliness. Shadows in day entice one into them. These gifted victims of their selves, Charlotte Mew, Plath, Sexton, make one recognize the pain, the real pain, that there can be in continuing to feel. Glamorous their action may not be, yet they cannot be blamed. They hoped that, as they killed, the agony would die with them.
next poem is W.H. Auden. A lot of the poems in this book are, are dedicated to the various writers that um, Patrick loved. And I sometimes think that his whole way of writing was sort of living in a, a world of words and people that he was conversing with that he didn't know personally that he was conversing with in an art world. Paul Muldoon once said that there is no end to the poem. And in this way, I feel that his writing is one continuous poem and a continuation of the poem that other artists have contributed to. W.H. Auden. Realised perception and always an excluded possibility. He succeeds in telling how one hour for one poet at the most passes, how a war begins. But he will not heal the pain with threadbare, outworn myth. He has no epic. He will create no heroes. He will not play the priest dispensing benediction, for he himself has need of blessing. Faith is an act of privacy. Poet is word maker, bearer of hidden definitions, the reporter of a leaf's turning, of a broken marriage a giver of artefacts that are curious, but that they can be used. He wrote in this book a number of poems about the Bronte family, Charlotte, Emily, and I'll only read one of these. I also think that Patrick's poetry is often thought of as romantic. I think he also loved the um, female Gothic, the sort of um, messy, dark places of the psyche. And so his imagination went to, I think, families like the Bronte family who were intelligent but um, eccentric. Emily Bronte herself. These moors, this sweeping space, hearth to cloud, it is mine. I people it with histories. Civil wars, heroes, lamentations, love, heroines, family troubles, all features of mundane life, subsumed entirely to the secret drama. No recognition sought or needed. For this world, imagination achieves truth and validity. When after detonation of its gunshot, after clash of steel on steel, or with the clang of a jail door closing... Life, with a surge, is silenced. Felt is the actual imminence that is non-genesis of good, of evil, that keeps good in jeopardy and sometimes triumphs. Creation or destruction knows of judgment. This is ours. White, oblivious moments before word transcend, transcend. And then the mind pulsing on the brain, seeking a rhythm and a phrase, and then awareness of soft turf, safe wild haven from ecstasy, and then familiar chains of duty. Cycle complete, challenge and sustenance. Um, and this for an idea of Gustave Moreau, who's a French painter. Just a couple of years ago, I visited the Moreau studio in um, Paris, so I'm very attached to this poem of Patrick's. I don't know if Patrick visited all these wonderful artworks and, um, or whether he wrote from pictures in books. 
I know he studied drama in London. For an idea of Gustave Moreau, a woman, part eagle, graced against wall or pillar, before sheet of impeccable colour and beyond immaculate clarity of sky. The world is a stage for the imagination with which we each enact a drama of symbols, fresh, refashioned in search of new truths of a love whose carnal is the spiritual. You ask if I know what my symbols mean. I reply, what is meaning? And rather than know, I would follow the wayward paths of intimation. Thus, maybe to find illumination. A woman, part eagle, a man with the breast of a dove. In this book, he didn't write much about Australiana. So I thought um, I'd read this poem called For Albert Tucker's Antipodean Heads because it's one of the um, only poems where he does get a little bit Aussie. I am survival, residue of countless seasons, silt of grief's unspoken, grit of forgotten pain. Long ago, I ceased to ponder the why of survival. I accept unthinking now these implacable laws of endurance. I might be Australia, terra incognita, hinterland well forgotten, unknown, I stare through life and light that burns, searching horizon, move towards it. I may pause to heat the billy, stir with a sprig of eucalypt, the aroma of inspiration for a moment, mellowing possibilities, and then back to the endless trek over the blanched residue of my pasts. Finally, the last poem I'm going to read is called uh, A Message from Kavafi, and it's uh, part of five poems written at Melbourne's National Gallery. And I love this poem because in it's like, uh, I think, what Patrick left us about his attitude to poetry, what makes good poetry. A Message from Kavafi, the famous Greek poet. Hold hard the moment. Do we know anything but now? Burn into your memory its exact dimension. Learn no lesson before it's taught. Believe nothing that does not change, that does not give you freedom. Do not seek to measure love by time and speak of it, share. Are we not all poets in our several ways? Ignore the gesture, find a real significance. Discover in yourself how it hurts or heals. Never pass judgment, not even least of all upon yourself. For accusation kills, and life may only be for once. Thank you, Jennifer Harrison. It was wonderful to hear...
love to welcome to the stage Andy Jackson to read The Weight of the Glass. Thank you. You know, as much as, yeah, the book Jenny read from is very much Patrick communing with other artists, as he always does, this book, The Weight of the Glass, I think is a little more naked and he is very much dealing with the mirror and with himself and his history and just with that same kind of intense grappling that I just admire so much. So this first poem is called Life Track. It seemed now it had all been wayward hide and seek, the sort forgotten in the seeking, meaning no more than mood's moment. Any possibility was met with the coward's retreat or then inertia's slump, waiting another's impelling, any defeat believed. Far back, almost without definite image, he remembered the small boy, himself. Uprooted from place and life, it hurt too much to think of. In the grey schoolyard somewhere, part of a strange, looming, indifferent city, with the other boys laughing, shunning him, he knew himself alien. And now he saw how often he had assumed that attitude since. Remaking, dismantling, finding it there upon him again. It shrunk the curve of his horizons. Awareness caught, disabled in self-doubt, the encroaching negatives, reinterring aspiration. The curve grew small as edge of mill pond. Now, more than half the journey done, long past any blaming save maybe of himself, it hurt deeply as he felt his old dreams dying as he knew now how inadequate their definition as their flow fades in oncoming dark he is left unraveling nothing kept to help understanding compelled into words still muttering scribbling his small bare truth he knew almost no one would listen or read he realized now that indeed these were words hardly worth the hearing. Yet, this compulsion, this one familiar of whatever value, was all he had to trust to take him safely. The disability. And again, I guess going back to writers who sort of dwelt within him on some level. The disability. I greet and honour you, Mrs. Wolfe, who found in the subtleties of light, subtleties of thought, relationship, and gave them form, then to swing to shadow, ultimately, horribly, to oblivious darkness. You will be always near, Sylvia, who uncovered, mind the moon's dark side as only a woman could or dare to, until at last... After attempting and failing, it harshly took you. Near you, Mr. Lowell, erudite, discreet in your pain, uneasy with academia, without, lost with yourself. Justly, it must indeed be a world of light you are all gone into, of balanced radiance. They say my disability was yours, but in me... Is disability this flaw that is gift? Have I your compensation of saying 
I say, I say to heal a little, to validate. I have seen a tree, talked with people through conversations worth recording. I have had pain, views, ideas that seemed different. But understanding, communication, your transcension within word, one only hopes that there is a place far in the back row where I must still learn to sit still. For the murmured insignificance, whispered unheard cry, come, they say, form that same disability that gives us still your soft-edged penetration, your cold-edged unheard-of heat, your complexities of unseen feeling. I also think, in a way, one thing that Patrick's not particularly remembered for is politics, but he had a deep feeling for people across the world. And, yeah, I think this poem is an incredible reflection on a very dark event and on our inability or our ability to, to engage with it. So this is called About a Month or Two Ago, wasn't it? The Lone Figure Before the Tank... The students and the ideals dead in the square. Dimly, one sees the distant heroism and its tragedy. The news is over, so we turn it off, come back to this catchment area of safe friendship, mouthing platitude to feel we feel. Some bland domestos washes the blood from the mind's walls. And beyond the windows, the picture postcard views of trees and other smug homes reflect the real indifference. Justice, now deaf as blind. Liberty, only a dirty statue midst pollution. Cushioned in complacency, we have only a compromised freedom as we slowly suffocate in the soft entrails of conformity. This is one of my favourite Patrick Alexander poems ever. I just think it's incredible. More personal territory, Mardi Gras 93. Mardi Gras, celebration of a brotherhood, a sisterhood, of alternatives, of possibility. Friends had offered the chance of a great view, the milling crowds, the procession. But as I hurried to be on time, as I went up to the right floor, in the suddenly last summer lift, I realised aggression in myself. So often, so many of this brotherhood, here or in Melbourne, have spurned me for being amongst them, claiming to be gay. The image was not de rigueur, the unmuscled height, the obvious intensity, my age. Redefining, reinforcing my misfittedness, a celebration, but exclusive, to those of the uniform, in clothes or mind. I do not want to share what I am not welcome to. Celebration of life, facing their deaths, the death, the dying I have known and know of this kind amongst friends of my life. Their light dies so bleakly, so prematurely. So random in happenstance, I feel indeed like raging to express my anger against fate, 
rather than dance in satiric fantasy that might be escape. And yet, and yet there is a need, deep need for celebration, recognised from our beginnings. The non-communal competitive middle classes in blinkered individualism turned their back, buried necessity. There is resurgence. Stray around periphery, the several isolates, caught still, confined in shadows of those stale values. They need to celebrate, to participate. The insurgence of a laughing crowd, yet ambivalence, almost not their own, holds them back, inhibits. They observe, retreat, ask, even unwitting, of their friends more than friends can answer. I wasn't planning to read this, but I think it might be uh, timely or maybe it's always timely. I think in this poem you can kind of tell that it was written in the mid-90s, but again it kind of still speaks now uh, of a gap. This is part of a longer sequence this part is called To Reach Akuri, February 95, Year of the Indigenous People. I am not native here. The worlds that, get, that made me gave no understanding or grace to feel, to know. The rainbow serpent, the two sisters, the spirit figures from earth becoming sky, from sky, earth. In this bare land stretching so far beyond eyes reach, you sought and gathered, celebrated, protected the earth and its yield. You did not know of sparseness. There was always here, over there, enough. The life you lived and were indivisible. You reverenced as part, not master. I come from small places in rough seas, rocky, fertile, cold, Cold that drove us to till, harvest, to plough, mine, to dominate. Forever clearing for more homes, more people, now more competing, made small lands smaller. Their neighbouring sea, mastered eyes looked beyond horizon. In their dominant hearts, dormant, less of quest than conquest. They came here, all their tribes merged and vanished. In arrogance of ignorance, they decimated, divided your tribes, destroyed in strutting near blind pride. But now, here, you, I, one to one across the chasm of your wounds unhealed, of any guilt unresolved, the different losses, known, unknown, can we reach hands and grasp, begin, at least begin to open heart, eye, ear, to what might be strange that the other has to offer. A quick word about the live poetry gigs in Melbourne. The Dan O'Connell Hotel in Carlton has poetry on every Saturday afternoon and Passionate Tongues is at the Brunswick Hotel every second Monday night. Westward happens out at the Dancing Dog Cafe in Footscray twice a month on Sunday afternoons. Voices in the Attic is run fortnightly on Tuesday evenings at 30 Dirk, Level 1 and 2, 239 Lonsdale Street.
The House of Bricks, on or near the last day of every month, run by our very own Santo Katsati, that's me, corner of Bud and Keel Streets, Collingwood. Melbourne Poets Union is usually on the last Wednesday of the month at the Wheeler Centre. All of these gigs have open mics if you'd like to try your hand at sharing your work, or you can just go to listen. Check out the website, melbournespokenword.com, to find out more about the scene.